Good morning, Miss Gwen. How are you? Ah, oh, Dr. Bailey, I'm glad you're here. Won't you join me? I was just headed to my lab. I'm assuming you want to show me your secret project. That isn't very secret because people know you're working on it? Precisely. Tell me, Doctor, what do you know about artificial intelligence? You mean thinking computers? Well, I know we have been working on it for a long time, despite hundreds of movies warning us that it's a bad idea. Why? I haven't seen any of those movies, but since your last visit, I've been working on a new computer that might just be the next step in human history. I present to you the EVRET 2000. It looks like just another computer. Is this your next step in human history? Yes. Whoa, wait, did, did you just answer me? Yes. This is amazing! Yes. Er, does it only say yes? No. It also says no. I gathered as much. Basically, I made it into a semi-psionic answer machine. You mean this thing can read minds? Yes. Well, kind of. It only uses that to make sure it knows what you mean when you ask it a question. But isn't a mind-reading computer a little risky? No. Risky? How? I would think having it be able to read minds would make it more useful. Yes. Quiet, you! I'm talking to her! Don't be mean to my computer. Oh, please. Do you think it has feelings or something? Yes. See? Now he's sad. Oh, poor Evie. Is there anything I can do to make it up to you? Yes. Would you like to scratch up a disc or give me an error screen? No. Well, while you're trying to figure out what the computer wants, I'm going to go listen to the radio. Yes. Oh, well, I guess we'll do that, too. Great. Time for another scripture snapshot. Let's focus in and see what happens. Saul, why travel so far just to put these people in jail? Because they are blasphemers. Christians are the filth of the earth. Saul. Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus. Get up. Go to the city of Damascus. Wait there. What happened? I... I saw the Lord, and now I can't see anything at all! What will happen to Saul? Check out Acts 9 to find out! Helping you see through the lens of Scripture, this has been another Scripture Snapshot! Hi, Mr. Jacobs. What are you doing? Hey, Everett. I'm trying my hand at computer programming. What does that mean? Well, as far as I can tell, computers use different languages to figure things out. I'm trying to learn one of those languages. But why? I just thought it was interesting. People have been programming computers for years, so I thought I would see if I could have some fun with it. So what have you learned so far? Not much. Basically, I've learned that computers use something called truth tables. Truth tables? Is that what all these papers are? Looks really complicated. It's a simple idea, but yes, I'm beginning to understand why people get paid a lot of money to do this kind of thing. It's not easy. Hi, Mr. Jacobs. Hi, Everett. What's going on? Hey, Bailey. Hi, Gwen. Mr. Jacobs is working on his computer. Is it broken? Not exactly, Gwen. I was just telling Everett that I was giving computer programming a try. Oh, I was wondering what all the truth tables were for. Truth tables? Is, is that some sort of furniture? No, Bailey. It's these charts, see? True, 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 false, false, true, and false, false. Is she okay? 
It's a type of math, Bailey. Where did you learn about truth tables, Gwen? We started learning about them in school. They're really cool and fun. Math and fun. That's a little much for a Saturday morning. Yeah, that's why I started listening to the radio. Sounds like a good idea. Faster than a sword drill. More biblical than a red bookmark. It's Parable Man. Parable Man. Help, Parable Man. What seems to be the problem, fair congregant? Where do I find some peace? I know just the place. Down aisle four, canned goods section, you'll find canned peas, pea soup. No, peace. There's not a lot around these days. There's not a lot of canned peas left either. They're not. I will find peace. I know I had it somewhere. Don't panic now. Where'd it go? Where's my peace? Aren't you going to look in your Bible? That's right. I had peace just after I was in Philippians 4 this morning. Okay, so let's look there. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. That's the truth. And you can bookmark it, Susie. Thanks, Parable Man. But didn't you... The Adventures of Parable Man. Parable Man. On Family Life. There's your problem, Mr. Jacobs. You didn't finish the statement. Where do you see that, Gwen? Right here. See? You need to add a bracket. Oh, you're right. I'll fix that now and... Ah, it works. Are you two going to play on the computer all day? I hardly call half an hour all day, Bailey. That's what I tell my mom when I'm on the computer. Yeah, but you're probably playing a game or watching fun videos. They're just typing and looking at a bunch of codes. It's weird. It's not weird, Bailey. It is kind of like a game. You have to be really careful to type in everything right, and if you do, it all works. Great. As if I needed more perfectionism in my life. <laughs> it can be a little challenging. But you know, it kind of reminds me of life. We're not going to get everything right on the first try. We often learn best from our mistakes. I know what that's like. But eventually we won't make mistakes anymore, right? That's a good question, Gwen. In the Bible, verses like James 3, 2 make it pretty clear that everyone makes mistakes. But in other verses like Matthew 5, 48, Jesus tells us that we need to be perfect like God is. Great, no pressure or anything. <laughs> it's a tall order, that's for sure. But I think I have a drama script that can clear things up a bit. I'll be right back. And now, from the garage of Lionel Jacobs comes the forte drama, The Perfect Musical, an adapted biblical teaching about living for God. Once upon a time, there was a very fancy concert hall. Tickets, please. Thank you, and enjoy the show. The manager of the hall did his best to make sure that everything was as elegant and regal as possible. Hello, spiffy cleaners? Yes, I know you came in last night, but... I need the red carpets cleaned again. No, they were done right, but they might have gotten dusty today. One day, Lucy Winston, a famous art critic, made an exciting announcement. As you all know, the hit musical Seven Fiddlers in the Rain is coming to our very own concert hall, starring the award-winning actress Bessie Donovan, my absolute favorite. I've heard that the concert hall is quite the place. We shall see. The news delighted the hall manager. Fantastic! Think of the publicity, the fame, the potential disaster. 
I must make sure that everything about the show is perfect. If Lucy gives my theater a bad review, I'll be ruined. Hello, I'm Bessie Donovan, star of your upcoming show. Oh, thank goodness. Yes, welcome. I'm glad you're here. We've got a lot of work to do. I know a show has its challenges, but trust me, I'm a professional. It will be fine. No, you don't understand. My hall's reputation is on the line. If anything goes wrong, anything, then we might as well close up shop now and call it a done deal. Relax. I know what I'm doing. But the manager didn't relax. He got involved in everything, from choosing the costumes... No, not that one. It's too drab. Try this red bow instead. To hanging the sign up front... Does Fiddler have one or two Ds? To memorizing lines... What are you doing? This is my script! I'm just making sure it's all perfect. Get out. Eventually, the big night arrived. Lucy Winston's limo pulled up, and the manager greeted her at the front door. Miss Winston, so good to see you. Would you step this way, please? Of course. My ticket? Oh, right. Of course. Right this way, please. The manager showed Lucy to her seat and ran backstage. We're ready to start? Is she here? Yes. Let me go raise the curtain. Well, we have stage hands for that. But the manager didn't listen. He opened the curtain, catching the conductor off guard. The orchestra jumped awkwardly and started playing. Lucy winced. Hmm, awkward start. Oh no, that was awful. Obviously, I need to help the conductor. He jumped down into the pit and picked up a baton. What is he doing? Nobody in the orchestra knew what was happening. Were they supposed to follow the conductor or the manager? Why isn't she singing? Was that my cue? I think it was. But as Bessie ran out to sing her opening number, the manager jumped up and started singing instead. I'm fiddling in the rain. What are you doing? This is my part. You missed your cue, so I had to fill in. But it's my job. I'm supposed to be singing. Look. This show has to be perfect, and if you're not going to be perfect, then I've got to do it! The manager continued to try to do everything himself, and the show got worse and worse. And by the time intermission came around... I'm... exhausted. Well, I've seen enough. I know what kind of review I'm going to write, and it won't be pretty. Though it will be hard to be less pretty than that train wreck of a performance. I might even have to find a new actress. No, come back! You, you ruined everything. This show, my career. Sorry, the show must go on though, right? The moral is, God wants us to be perfect, but he doesn't expect us to do it on our own. We are only human, and though we may try hard to live perfect lives, it's never going to come naturally. That's why God sends His Spirit into us, so that if we let Him, He will guide our actions and thoughts. When that happens, we won't have to work so hard, and we won't look like a manager trying to do everything. Looking thoughtful, Gwen, as usual. Yeah, I was thinking about the moral to the drama we acted out. You know, the whole, we can be perfect if we let God help thing? Yeah, me too. Is that in the Bible, Mr. Jacobs? No, wait, of course it is. <laughs> 
Philippians 4.13, Proverbs 3.5 and 6, Matthew 11.29 and 30. I think he has all of his verses covered, Bailey. I think you're right, Everett. But what I want to know is how we're supposed to do that. How do we let God run our lives? That's a good question, Gwen. And I think a huge part of it is humility. Humility? It's when we realize that we aren't strong enough to do things on our own and admit it. Sometimes we're too proud to admit that we don't have what it takes to live a perfect life. And like it says in James 4, 6, that kind of attitude puts us against God instead of for Him. Instead, we need to do what it says in 1 Peter 5, 6 and become humble so that God can use us. Kind of like the computer you guys were working on earlier. What do you mean, Bailey? Well, a computer is smart and all, but it can't do anything by itself. It needs somebody like you to tell it what to do. And if it didn't let you do that, it wouldn't be able to play fun games or get on the internet or anything. Huh. I still don't get how computers work, but that made it a little bit easier to understand. So has God made you perfect, Mr. Jacobs? Well, <laughs> that's a bit of a loaded question. When Jesus died on the cross for us, he cleaned away all the sins of those who would believe. So in one sense, yes, he has. But just because he did that for me doesn't mean I don't do wrong things anymore. He's still working on me. And like it says in Philippians 1.6, he won't stop until we're all made perfect. That's pretty cool. Yeah, even cooler than these truth tables. Like that's an achievement. Trust me, with these tables and charts, we've done something really awesome, Bailey. What do you mean? Well, Everett, you might notice that my new portable radio has a cable going to it. Uh-huh. Well, this program that Mr. Jacobs and I have been writing makes it so all we have to do is press this button to turn the radio on and off. Really? Really. Can I try it? Be my guest. You said this button? 